Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 1 through 4 reads as follows. Then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior, you save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Again, Second Samuel 22, verse 1 through 4. Then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song. Those are the words of the song. But notice, think about this for a moment. This was the day the Lord had delivered him from the hand. Hand represents the authority or the might of all his enemies. Not one enemy that God did not deliver him from. Isn't that powerful? I mean, he did not have one enemy that God did not deliver him from. I mean, he could have had 32 enemies and God had delivered him from every last one of them. That's powerful. That is powerful. And not only that, he says this. And he said, this is verse two, the Lord is my, notice how he personalized it, my rock in my fortress, and my deliverer. I mean, he said, listen, I don't know what he is to you, but to me, he is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. The God of my strength. He may be your strength, but I know he's my strength. In whom I will trust. Thank God. He just reminds me of our theme for the year. Trusting the Lord wholeheartedly. Not, notice what else. And notice the words he used here. Because he, he, he may be talking to you, but he's talking about something that is personal to him. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior. You save me from violence. Verse four, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy, good God Almighty, worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Talking about a future reference. Based on what I've just read to you, I want to talk to you from this topic of authentic reasons to trust the Lord. Authentic reasons to trust the Lord. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for this, the presence of Jesus in this sanctuary and how you're ministering to your people, Father. And Lord, help us, God, to realize, to understand, to grab a hold of authentic reasons to trust the Lord. 
We continue to bind the enemy right now that will try to hinder, stop, bring distraction, bring sluggishness, bring, bring tiredness, bring anger, bring, bring what jealousy, unforgiveness, and so forth. We bind the enemy. We cast him out. We thank you for your anointing and your awesome power in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. We're living in a day when we hear a lot of reasons for many things. Reasons to come, reasons to go. Reasons to share and reasons to hold on. Reasons to like and reasons to dislike. The term reason can be defined as a cause, an explanation, a justification for an action or an event. People may give many reasons for thinking, talking, and acting in certain ways. To them, the reason usually sounds good regardless of what others may think. Many times, our reasons sound good to us. Like, for example, I can, I can reason all day long why I should be eating Big Chick from Big Chick. I can reason within that. I deserve the Big Chick, brother. The Big Chick tastes good. A little hot sauce with it, I can justify that. Now, you may not agree with me, but that's okay. I can justify my reasons. See, reasons are personal things to you that other people may not quite grab a hold of or understand. And so when we're, to give you just a peek, David gave us reasons why he trusted the Lord. And I found out that reasons are important to a believer for why we do what we do. We got to know, and not only do we have to know, we have to really grab a hold of the reasons of why we do certain things. For example, and I, I know I might be getting a little bit off in just a moment, but give me just a moment. Why do you stay married? Why are you in the situation that you, why do you work where you work at? Why do you live where you live? The reasons for that. Reasons for that. A cause, an explanation, or a justification for an action or an event. Authentic reasons means that our cause or explanation is genuine, bona fide, and trustworthy. When it comes to our faith, we need our authentic reasons for why we serve our one true God. We need to understand why we trust God like we do. We need to understand it. And to me, bona fide reasons are why we will put nothing before our king, nothing before our savior, nothing before Jesus, nothing before him. I won't put family before him. I won't put my business before him. I won't put money before him. I would not put anything before my savior because I have reasons why I won't put anything before him. And not only that, I believe I have authentic, bona fide, justified reasons why Jesus is number one in my life. I, I don't, listen, I just don't tell you that he is my Lord and my Savior just to be telling you something. I'm telling you because of my experience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm telling you because I was hooked, tied up in sin, and Jesus delivered me. Not only did he deliver me, he's protecting me right now. And not only is he protecting me, he's prospering me right now. Reasons. 
authentic, genuine reasons as to why we trust the Lord. At times, our flesh and the enemy may discourage us from trusting God, serving him and seeking him wholeheartedly. See, authentic reason can pull on the revelation from within and cause us to stand firm in our convictions. Bonafide reason will cause you to pray when you don't feel like praying. Real, because you know the power of prayer. See, sometimes if you don't have a good reason to pray, you'll make an excuse not to pray. If you don't see the benefit of church, you'll make an excuse not to do church. If you don't see the benefit of studying scripture, you don't, you don't make it a priority in your life to study the word of a living God. Bonafide reasons will cause us to do these things even when we don't feel like it. Bonafide reasons will cause us to seek the face of God and apply his word when trials and tribulations would tell us otherwise. Let's go over to the book of 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm looking at verses 14 through 16. The book of 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 14 through 16. And it reads as follows. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed and do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in all Christ in Christ may be Ashamed. He tells us about reasons, gives us specific things to do in difficult times. He says it like this, but if you should suffer, suffer can be defined as to be affected or undergo trouble or pain. But notice what you're doing it for, for righteousness sake. Not because you're doing what you want to do, but because you're doing it, being led by the omniscient God or the Holy Spirit. You are blessed, happy, fortunate, and well off. And do not be afraid of the threats, nor be troubled. One thing you would notice here, he doesn't stop the threats or the trouble from coming. He just said, be happy about it. Be happy about it. Be, be happy that they're threatening you for rights of this sake. You believe in giving, but yet some people will look down to you because you give. Be happy about it. Some people uh, get look at you funny because you pray and you put Jesus as a priority and coming to church as a priority. And they say, you know what? I, you're just wasting your time. But no, you see the benefit of doing these things for righteousness sake. And because why? You're in right standing with God. And righteousness sake, sake says this. You're doing it out of integrity the purity of life, the virtue, the condition of being acceptable to the one true God. It goes on to say in verse 15, 1 Peter 3 and 15, but sanctify, consecrate yourself, separate from profane things, the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give an offense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Notice again that word reason there, the sayings of God, the doctrine and the teaching. In other words, have a word to back you up. 
This don't say Pastor Dobbs said it. Listen, have scripture to back up. When, when Jesus said this, or excuse me, Hebrews 10 and 25 says this, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the matter of some is. When the script, when God gives you his word, you need something that's going to back up what you're saying. In other words, he said men ought to always pray and not to faint. Don't just let people talk you out of something because they really don't have a better alternative. People will downplay what you got, but they don't have a better alternative. Listen, some people have a trouble when we tell them that God created the heaven and the earth. They say, wait, wait, you ain't got no proof that he did. Well, you got a better alternative. You know something better than what I believe in. And they say, well, no, scientists say this, that, and the other. Let me tell you something. Scientists don't say nothing. People interpret what they think science says. Ooh, I didn't lose none of y'all right there. Let me tell you, science does not say nothing. When you put two chemicals in a test tube, I never heard them say anything. When somebody takes your blood at a hospital and that blood and they put it under a microscope, I never heard the blood start talking to the people that interpret what that blood say. You know what? There's people that say what they think that what that means, what they think. That's why you have to know your God when it comes to life. Because if not, you'll have people that are human trying to tell you something God may not agree with. Let me get out of that. All right, here we go. Here we go. Notice this thing. Notice what he says. He's making it personal. Sanctify the Lord in your hearts, your thoughts, your passions, your emotions and desires. Sanctify, set it apart, consecrate. In your hearts, your thoughts, your passions and emotions. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for a reason. Be ready. Be prepared. Be ready in any scene to give a defense, an answer to everyone who asks you a reason. And one of the things I had to learn about when you study something like this, you got to study scripture in order to give an answer. You got to be able to study scripture to give an answer. Now, these days, uh, with the help of Google, you can find scripture a little bit easier. We used to be on the streets, Lady Dobbs and I, knocking on doors, and people would a- ask us a question, and I'd have Google too. And I could have carried my big old thesaurus out there, but that thing, a thesaurus, now Strong's Concordance, excuse me, that thing is that big, about like this, and it's about two or three inches thick. And then you have to look up the words in the front and then flip to the back because you found the number. The number will tell you what to look at in the back. Oh, man, good. I'm so glad they came that thing on computer. I ain't going to lie to you, brother. Woo, correct. It saves some time. Oh, Lord. Because I had to look up words because I've been looking up. Listen, I go look up a word like sanctify. I got to go to the S's first. You get the same. Then you got to find where it's used that because sometimes sanctify means one thing in one scripture and something different in another scripture. So you got to find out where it is. Once you find that number, 4288, you got to go to the back, whether it's Greek or Hebrew. Then go flip to the back. You get a workout just lifting the book up. <laughs> then go to the back, find that word. Then you got to they give you some words. You got to know what those words mean. Sometimes you ain't gonna get the dictionary to find out what the words meant that they gave for the definition. 
Can you imagine trying to carry that around, trying to tell somebody about Jesus? And they start asking you a question. Hold on, man. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get my pussy. <laughs> Y'all follow me. But to give an answer, we have to study. You got to study. As I, I wish I could tell you something real deep and real profound, but you got to study. Because I'll be honest with you, people ask good questions. They, and legitimate questions. I was telling a story yesterday. Uh, somebody pulled me aside, was asking me a questions about the coming of the Lord and so forth. And I'm trying to answer, but it, it's hard to answer. You know, we got three or four people trying to talk to you at the same time. And so, but the thing is, people have legitimate questions. And we need to be able to say, oh, because Jesus said so. Well, what are they saying it? Now, we need to be, now some of us, uh, we need to be able to answer better than that. We've been in church long enough that, listen, we can answer, we should be able to answer better than some of the answers we've been given. Now, you can't force people to believe, but you can give people answers where they don't have an excuse. Has somebody say, well, yeah, what does God say he loved everybody? Well, you know, that wouldn't redeem me. I said, well, John 3, 16. What, what, what do you mean, John 3, 16? Well, the word world means, means the people in the world. And, and then, are you people in the world or people on the earth? Well, yeah, I am. Well, he loved you then. <laughs> you know, that was kind of easy. But other question, you got to be, you got to really study. Are y'all following me? Now, you may not know that answer. Sometimes people ask, well, why does, why does bad things happen to good people? Or why doesn't God stop evil in the world? You got to be able to answer these kind of questions. And because people, they, they want to know. They want to know, if my, many times, why did they love one have to go through something when their loved one was good most of their life and these bad people are doing crazy stuff? Oh, David had the same, same response. David said, I, in Psalm 73, he says, I see all of these wicked people getting, so they're getting away with everything and here I am trying to do right and I'm not being blessed. David had a legitimate question that he brought before the Lord. But the Lord answered him and said, listen, don't let these wicked people fool you. They're not getting away with anything. And they may go their whole life and, and may seem like they're getting away, but they'll never get away from God. God is a God who will justify every action. You think about this too now, because even Paul did some horrendous things in his day. In the right two thirds of the New Testament. So you don't never know the plan of God in the long run. You just got to trust him wholeheartedly when you got to give an answer or reason for your faith. Let me tell you something. The Bible is a good book. It is a deep book. And I'm telling you, you, you get bored. You must not be reading the same Bible I'm reading. <laughs> Woo. Here we go. Let's go to 316. He tells us. And gives us a reason why we should be prepared to respond with, with an answer with a certain mindset. Notice what he said in 1 Peter 3 and 16 again. Having a good, a beneficial, or an upright conscience. A conscience is a soul which allows us to stand between which is morally good or bad. That when they defame you as evildoers, they try, when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. People will try to defame you. This is law. This is life. But make sure that you're doing what's right. And, and let me say this to you. I know I say this to you quite often. If you're not, repent. 
Ask God to forgive you and start living the way he wants you to live. When they try to defame you, it means to slander or speak evil against you. As evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed, put to shame, or dishonor. If we live long enough and identify Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we might be challenged with situations, circumstances, fiery trials, and so forth. People may slander or speak evil against us. It's like the scripture says. We must know why we have hope in him and be prepared to tell our why. Be prepared to tell our why. Nobody should be able to talk you out of being saved. Nobody should be able to talk you out of your relationship with Jesus. Shouldn't be able. If you have questions and you don't know, you need to go to somebody who's your upline. Senior minister, pastor, first lady, somebody like that. We can give answers to certain questions. If they don't know, we can always ask somebody above us. Because the Bible is clear. We should be able to give an answer. Now, we must also have a a mindful mindset because we want to maintain a good conscience before those who speak against us so that our godly demeanor will put them to shame or dishonor or discredit them. We must be mindful of our mindset because we want to maintain a good conscience before those who speak evil against us so that our godly demeanor will put them to shame or dishonor or discredit them. Not our words as much as our lifestyle. And remember, we want to have grace on those who are around us. It, take, it takes a church theme like trust in the Lord wholeheartedly to be able to stand strong on what we believe in the midst of our opposers. I believe when it comes to trust in the Lord, sometimes we need to be reminded why it's important as well as beneficial to trust the Lord wholeheartedly as written in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Again, why is it beneficial to trust? Have confidence, assurance, belief, and feel safe in the Lord. And But notice what he says. When you trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. Don't rely on it. Don't support it. But in all your ways and knowledge him, the benefit is he's going to direct our paths. He is going to direct, give direction, show us uh, how to operate in the paths or our decision making, how we live every day. And we need God to do that. I need God to do that. I need God to help me raising my children. I need God to help me to, with my finances. I need God to help me with my household. I need God to help me to pastor. I need God to help me to pray. I need God to help me. Is there anything I don't need God to help me to do? I need God to help me to sleep, be honest with you. Anybody need help sleeping sometimes? You need God to help you? Okay, well, all right, okay. So we need God for everything, right? Now, Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. David 
is making a declaration of the words of a psalm that the Lord, that he wrote to the Lord in 2 Samuel 22, of how appreciative David was for the Lord delivering him from his enemies. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke, then David, excuse me, spoke to the Lord the words of this psalm. On the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Now, you would almost read that as a, when I first looked at that, the hand of Saul in the latter part of that, it almost threw me for a moment. But what I realized when I studied that was, is that David never considered Saul an enemy. Even though Saul considered David an enemy. See, you need to understand who your enemies are. And understand, just because somebody chooses to be an enemy to you, don't mean you have to be an enemy to them. Don't let people drag you down to their level on stuff that don't even matter. People will try to bring you into stuff and foolishness. So he never considered Saul an enemy, but Saul considered him an enemy. But God delivered him as well from the hand, and again, the hand represents the authority and the power of Saul. Because he could have killed Saul several times if you study the scriptures. He could have killed him several times, but he chose not to. He respected Saul for the position that he was in, even though Saul didn't respect him who God had called. But the Lord had delivered him, set him free. He taken it away. He had rescued and recovered him from the hand of all his enemies. Now, when I look at that definition, we talk about setting free, taking him away, rescued him and recovering him. God could have used each one of them in one way or several ways to rescue him, to deliver him. And God can use a number of different ways to, t- to rescue you from your enemy. He can use a number of different ways. Sometimes your giving can deliver you from your enemies. God Almighty. Sometimes your praying can deliver you from your enemies. Sometimes your love for others can deliver you from your enemies. Sometimes just the fact that you are a child of God and you don't Lower your standard to their level can deliver you from your enemies. Sometimes just holding your peace and let the Lord fight your battle can deliver you from your enemies. Sometimes you want to retaliate, but the Lord says, God, hold up, hold up. Don't say nothing. I got you right here. Don't say nothing. But God, I want to tell them all. I got some words I can tell these folks right now. But no, God said, don't say nothing. And that means God will deliver you from your enemies. See, sometimes we look at God doing things one way in order to deliver us from our enemies. But God said, hold on, I got a number of ways to deliver you. You, Your mind is limited. That's why you can't lean on your own understanding when it comes to dealing with your enemy. You got to let God fight your battle. You got to do it the way God tells you to do it. Let me tell you something. You wanna, one thing I learned while I was studying this, I realized, man, you just don't know where your enemies are at. You think you know, but sometimes the worst, well, from the enemy's standpoint, his best position is to be in a place you don't know he's there. <laughs> I hope y'all be, get there. 
when I was, okay, I'm going to tell this story, and don't hold it against me, all right? When I was younger, a young boy running around, I was mannish. All right, this long story short. What we would do, <laughs> what we would do is people would be walking somewhere, and we would go in the bushes and hide. And when they got up to a certain point, we would jump out and, ah! and scare them. Man, it, it was it was it was funny to us, <laughs> but to them it wasn't that funny <laughs> because I was hiding. I was their enemy, and they did not know I was their enemy. Well, sometimes the devil was trying to hide from you. And God tried to say, hey, you got an enemy near you in your camps. Well, well I don't, everybody look nice. They're my family. They're my coworkers. They're my kinfolks. They're they my doctor. They're my lawyer. they my, no, you really got an enemy in your camp. And you just thinking that everything is wonderful, but you really got an enemy in your camp. Well, well God, I don't think so because I've been friends with them for 22 years. I mean, we, we Facebook buddies. We Instagram. We share Instagram posts. We share TikToks together. And you trying to tell me that this is my enemy? No, not them. That's why you got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Be led. And I'm not saying your buddies are your enemies, but if the Holy Spirit is trying to warn you, understand. And, and believe, do not put your trust in man when it comes to something like that. Only trust him as far as the Holy Spirit leads you to. I've told y'all this more than one time, and I, I, I feel like I need to say it again. Only trust people as far as the Holy Spirit leads you. Only do it as far as he tells you. Now, those definition of enemies. A person or entity opposed to someone or something. One seeking to injure or overthrow. An adversary. One who is hostile toward another. So enemies can manifest themselves in different ways and do different things, but they are enemies. And Dave understood the hand of God had met up with the hand of his enemy, because God's hand, his power, his authority had delivered him, set him free, taken away and rescued and recovered him from all of his enemies. Woo, thank you, God. I thank God he delivered from every, every enemy that comes up against him. Even people who did, he did not consider an enemy, he delivered them, him from them as well. In the case of Saul, it's important for us to know whose hand we are in. The hand of the enemy or the hand of God. The hand of God is all powerful, all knowing, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, and so forth. Hand of man, boy, that's a different ballgame. And you got to know whose hand you're in. When oppression and depression knocks at the door, whose hand are you in? Do you choose to be in the saving hand of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Or do you just let the hand of the enemy do what he wants to do in your life? Just like God did it for David. I believe he can rescue us from all our enemies too. In fact, I know he's been delivering a lot of us from my enemies and we didn't even know it. I thank God sometimes I go in the store and I, I use this. I'm not keep on using it. You don't know who to store with you. 
You do not know who is in the store with you. Everybody can look nice and, and say hey to you, but let me tell you something. Folks got some issues these days. And you better, uh, you don't take off one, one wrong, one wrong move and you might be in a situation. I, I think about that because I think, well, Lord, let me don't say nothing because I want to say something, but I ain't going to say nothing. Let the Lord lead me to, I try to. Now, if I get in my flesh, that's a different ballgame. I'm just very with you. If I get in my flesh, yeah, I might tell some folks off. And then I got to repent to them and God. So I really just keep my mouth shut because I don't like going to folks that I just, I got upset with and tell them that I, I didn't mean to cuss you out. I really didn't. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I, I know I'm a pastor. Please forgive me. I just, I'm just messed up. I got in my flesh. I didn't do this thing right. You don't think God tell you to repent to folks that you just told off? Keep living for God. <laughs> keep living for God. Cause God, is more concerned about developing your character than you are about the situation, than he is about the situation. You know how to develop it, y'all. Now, in my opinion, we sometimes lean to our understanding when it comes to how and when God will deliver us instead of trusting in God's timing and his process. Let's remember the process prepares us for the promise. The process prepares you for the promise. Every blessing that comes your way God had a process to get you there. Oh, shut up. Boy, when God delivered you out of paying off that credit card bill, well, then you learn the lesson from it. When you paid off that car, then you learn the lesson from it. Boy, when you paid off that house note, then you learn the lesson from it. Boy, when you paid off that, I have counseled couples that, listen, they had two car notes more than their house. In my mind, I said, you ain't be paying attention to teaching heaven. You can live in a car, but I suggest you live in a house. But I believe once they learn that lesson, I, said, I can't go down that route no more. You got to learn. You got to learn. You got to learn. Now, I believe that when you know the hand of God is upon you, holding you, rescuing you, and restoring you, it gets personal for you, just like it did for David in 2 Samuel 22 and 2. Notice the 2 Samuel 22 and 2. The Lord is, again, emphasize, my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My rock, my security, my stronghold, my, excuse me, my fortress, which represents my stronghold. My deliverer, one who brings in us into security, one who causes another to escape, one who causes another to slip away. He says he's my security. My rock represents my security. And God can secure you if you allow him to. He can be your stronghold. He can be your fortress. He can also be your deliverer. He can deliver you from whatever the enemy tries to bring your way. David knew this first half because he proclaimed this. Hey, this is what's happening in my life right now. God is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer. And I believe that David experienced each one of these on a personal level. And he's also reminding us that we can experience each one of these on a personal level. 
We need to develop the same reasons as they when it comes to knowing who God is and what he does for us on a personal basis. God is our security, our stronghold, and the one who calls us to escape from what could have snared us. He also helps us from the traps of the enemy, the misguided friends, if we call them friends, and our own self-destructive thoughts. I believe that God is what he said he is. He is our deliverer. He is our fortress. And he is our rock. And God will and is and doing it right now. I'm talking about on March the 21st, 2021, or whenever you hear this broadcast, he is delivering you right now. He's protecting you right now. He is right down the street with you right now. Do you know that? How many realize that your driving ain't the greatest and you thank God for the grace of God? Now, if I don't see no hand raised, I need to go check and get the lie detector because you ain't driving as good as what I think you're driving. You ever thought your driving was wonderful until you rode with somebody else and you'd be like, whoo, good God almighty. You ain't never rode with somebody, you put on the brakes while you're in the car with them. You never had to, you never jerked a little bit while you're driving with them. You try not to say nothing, but. You're like, no, I thought I can drive, but no, I can't. can't. God's grace helps us all. When we're dealing with life challenges, we we should find security in knowing that the enemy cannot form a trap, that God cannot create a way of escape as long as we put our confidence in him. Man, when you mess up, you know God can still find a way of escape for you. Boy, I'm so grateful for that. I messed up on many occasions. I said, I'm like, sometimes I mess up so bad and God got me out so smoothly. All I can do is just say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate you getting me out. Sometimes I get out. I, don't, I, I mean, I, I have beat myself up so much in my mind about the mistakes I've made. And then I watch God. It, 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 it turns out not as bad as what I thought it was. Because he helps me along the way. I said, God, thank you so much. Lord, I'm going to tell myself real quick. Don't tell nobody I told you this. I have spent money. I had no business spending. And I said, God, and I know God didn't tell me to spend it, but I wanted it. That's not where you led to get it. No. Can I be real with you? This is my flesh. Flush, flesh told me, my flesh was talking, he convinced me. He gave me five good reasons. I should buy this item right here, or I should purchase this item right here. And you know what, them five reasons, when I look back at it now, may not have been the best reasons, but I bought it anyway. Then, the consequence of paying for it after later. Oh, glory to God. But you know what? I learned. All this I pray I learned to do not as not I used to have done it again, but God has helped me along the way. He got me out of it though. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful, God. Now, we have to know that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has the power to re- and resources to deliver us from debt, sickness, worry. Heartache, oppression, mind control, unforgiveness, jealousy, self-destructive, self-destructive tendencies, and so forth. 
through the strength of God or the hand of God. We have to know. We have to know and believe and, uh, and, and understand that God has the power and the resources to deliver, deliver us from debt, sickness, worry, heartache, oppression, mind control, unforgiveness, jealousy, self-destructive tendencies, and so forth through the strength of our God, the hand of God. That's why David is teaching us a lesson that we need to learn and walk in daily. He's given us authentic reasons as to why we should trust the Lord wholeheartedly. Again, authentic, real, genuine, and bona fide reasons. And he goes on again in 2 Samuel 22 and verse 3. The God of my salvation in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior, you saved me from violence. So again, Second Samuel 22 and verse 3, the God of my strength. Strength there means the rock. And not only that, it means the ability to withstand or exert great force. God got the force to deliver you. He has the force. He got the power to get you out. And not only that, it's going to be beneficial as a source of power or a source of power. When God operates on your behalf, it's going to be beneficial to you. Always remember that. Whatever God does in our life is beneficial to us. It's going to, not only that, it's going to be, cause us to be mentally and physically strong. And that, he says, in whom I will trust. I trust God's strength. But the strength I got didn't come from myself. It came from the one who gave me the power to defeat my enemies. Woo-wee. Boy, when, I get, when you get ready to go to work next week, don't walk in your strength, walk in his strength. When you get ready to go in your home today, don't walk in your strength, walk in his strength. When you get ready to solve a problem, don't rely on your own, own understanding. Rely and trust God. God got this. He has my best Interest at heart. I trust him with it. David trusted him and he took this on. And David takes ownership in his reasons for trusting the Lord. And he uses that word my in this particular text. And I like the, the fact he uses my. Because if you're going to trust the Lord, it has to be personal to you. If you're going to trust the Lord wholeheartedly, I can tell you all day and teach you all day about trusting the Lord wholeheartedly, but it's got to be personal to you. You got to have reasons you're going to trust the Lord because I can't go behind you 24 hours a day. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. You got to know why you trust God. You got to know that like David put, you are my shield. You are my shield. You are my protection and you are my buckler. Buckler means you, he, buckler means it protects the whole body. He is my shield. He is the horn of salvation. Salvation means he's the strength of my deliverance, my protection, prosperity, victory, and safety. I'm not relying on my strength for my deliverance. I'm not relying on my strength. I'm not for protection. I'm not relying on my Ability to get prosperity or victory or safety. I'm relying on the strength of God. And you need the strength of God for your deliverance, your protection, your prosperity, your victory, and your safety. 
And then you just say he's my stronghold. He's the high place of retreat, uh, a secure height. In other words, they, God will put you in a place where you're safe from your enemies. In other words, look up real quickly. I know you're reading this paper, but you're here, your enemies keep going here. Now, when you leave that secure place, you're here and there's conflict. Sometimes God doesn't want you to have the conflict. We put ourselves in the position of conflict. And you got to learn what the difference is. And then you say, God, you know what? I messed up. I shouldn't be in this conflict right now. I got, I got in my flesh. That's why I'm in this conflict. I need to make sure I follow your guidance. And when I don't, I repent and get back to the place I need to be. My refuge. My refuge, a place of escape, a flight, my savior, my rescuer, victorious, deliverer, protection, and my prosperity. He is my shield. Five authentic reasons to trust the Lord wholeheartedly. Remember, it's more than just five. He's my shield. He's my horn of salvation. He's my stronghold. He's my refuge. He's my savior. And we have to make a decision like David did to trust the Lord. We got to make a decision. And let me say this to you. It takes courage to trust the Lord. It takes courage to trust God in the midst of what you're dealing with. Just like God, just like God saved David from violence, as you read there in the, in the, in the scripture, we can trust him to do the same for us as well. And what do you mean by violence? Wrong, cruelty, or injustices. Doesn't mean he will not, listen, stop them from happening from you, but God can save you from it. Always remember that. Sometimes people are going to do you wrong. On purpose, too. And sometimes you're not careful. They don't get some money from you that they shouldn't have got. But you got to believe, you can't go in there. Lord, let me, let me say some of y'all. You can't ride in there with your... I've been getting all of them up in here. The front door. I'm locking them all up here. I need my money. You got to be led by God how to get your money back. Because sometimes you meet the right one up in there, it take you years to get your money back. Because <laughs> they know what they're doing. And you made them mad. Look how y'all looking at me. <laughs> I know. Because I, I messed, I did, I did both. I did both of them, y'all. I got hot with them. They got hot with me. They made it more difficult to get my money back. I went in there. I, sometimes I had to tell the folks, you know what, I messed up, y'all. Help me to get this thing right. I learned that from my wife. She taught me that because she, she, she was very good at tack, being tackled and so forth. I was messing up all the time, boy. They get mad at me. They hang up. I call back. You know, it's just stuff like that. You don't, you don't do stuff like that, you know. <laughs> you tell, Let me speak to your supervisor. Sometimes you have to because they can't handle the situation. But you follow what I'm saying? You got to learn how to be do this kind of stuff. That was somebody. I don't know who it was, but anyway, it takes courage to trust the Lord. Let me finish this up. No matter what what the situation looks like at work, church, home, family, business, so forth, we need to have confidence in God's timing. Being in the hand of God did not prevent David from battling, nor did it take away, take war from David's life. 
But God had the final say so in the results. God had the final say so in the results. Just because we read that David was delivered from all his enemies and the hand of Saul did not stop him from fighting another battle later on. And God can deliver you from every one of your enemies. Don't mean you may not have to fight a battle on Monday morning. Everybody understand that? Well, Pastor, God delivered me from all my enemies. I'm free. Woo! And you are probably Sunday. But you know Monday going to come around, right? You ever, this, this is me. This, I can't tell me this for more, brother. I have paid off all my bills for the month. <laughs> happy, boy. Woo! Happy! Paid them, y'all. Went to the mailbox. What are these folks doing? Sending me another bill. And went back. This is what bad, bro. Instead of sending it around the first or the next month, you can send about the 15th for the following month. Why y'all send me a bill now for? I just paid all y'all off. Why are you sending another bill for? In other words, you got to battle again, y'all. You can't stop praying just because you don't pray one good prayer and saw the results. You can't stop giving because you saw you don't gave and you saw the results. You can't stop doing right, treating people right because you uh, did it once and you saw the results. You got to continue to trust the Lord wholeheartedly and do good. Yeah, keep on. We just can't stop, y'all. David had to fight another battle. We will have to fight another battle, y'all. We have to fight another battle. It's not over because we have got victory today. We got to get ready for the next fight. Got to get ready. We got to put on the whole arm of God. Get ready to go against the enemy. David, notice what David did in our last scripture, 2 Samuel 22 and 4. We see David seeking God by saying, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. You notice that word called there to cry out, to summon, to proclaim. God can be, let me say this to you. God can be trusted when we call upon him. David called upon God. David understood that God can be trusted. It's hard to call on a person when facing the enemies if you don't trust them. It would be hard for me. When I get ready to go to certain battles in my life, I know who I trust in my corner. If I'm going to the doctor, I know who I can take with me and some people I got to leave at home. Because some people agree with everything the doctor say. And then they'll add two or three symptoms to you before it's over. When I get ready to go see a lawyer, I know I can take with me. When I deal with finances, I know who I need to take with me. When I deal with certain things, you got to know who you can trust in battle. When you deal with God, you can trust him in every battle of your life. You can trust him when you're Challenging your body, you can trust him when you're uh, challenging your finances. You can trust him when you're dealing with relationships. You can trust God in every battle of your life. Take it with you when you go to work. 
You can trust him when you get there. Take him when you ride down the road. You can trust him. Take him when you go shopping for groceries. You can trust him. Take him, amen, when you're dealing with family issues. You can trust God in the battle. Because he has never lost the battle. He will always lead and guide you to all truth. He will definitely tell you what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. When you Listen, I might mess it up for you. If God don't tell you to take me, don't call me. Say, Pastor, I need to pray. I'm ready to do this, that, and the other. God tell you to take me, then take me. Be led by the omniscient God to take the battle. David said, I'm calling on God before I go into battle. I like that about David. I'm going to call on God because he, listen, he is my, let's go back to what he is here. He's my shield, my horn of salvation, my stronghold, my refuge, my savior. Not only that, he is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God. Woo! Why would you leave him at home? Why would you leave him at home when you got all this power available to you? Why do we go into certain areas of our life, marriages, single life, or wherever, and we leave God out of what we're getting ready to deal with? Why do we not pray before we do certain things? Why do we not acknowledge him in all our ways and he direct our path? Why do we think we can handle it on our own when God has all of this available to us? Why? And, and, and before I point the fingers at you, I've had to repent of this very thing. So I pray that you learn from my mistakes that you do better than what I did. That you'll carry him wherever you go, just like David did. Just like David did. I believe that we should follow David's example. He called on God in faith, trusting him as a place of security, as one who will rescue him. We should follow Dave's example and trust in the Lord in such a manner that we will cry out daily to the Lord when challenges of life come our way as well as when things are going well. Sometimes you need to call on God when things are good. I mean, all the bills paid. Hey, God, I love you. Will you make it to work? Oh, thank you, God. Will you ride down the road? Thank you, Lord. Lord, I didn't get no speed ticket. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I didn't fall asleep while I arrived. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm at my house. God, my house is Woo, Thank you. Oh, God, I got lights. Cut lady lights. Woo, thank you, Lord. Woo, thank you. This TV working beautiful, God. Thank you, Lord. Woo, thank you, Lord. Call on God when things are going good. This is calling when things are going bad. I, I mean, what would it be like? You got a relationship. One time you call when things are bad. One time I call you when things are bad. Things are good. I don't pay you no attention. When things are bad, woo! God, I need you. Oh, God, I need you. He wants you to call him when things are good and when things are challenging. Y'all see that? That means you trust him. That shows you trust him. Well, things are going good. Woo! I love you, God. I got this in my... See, that's why I like, like praying on my food. Because I've been hungry. Thank you, Lord. Woo, this is a nice meal right here, God. Lord, I didn't have to prepare neither, God. I'm so grateful. Woo, it 
tastes good too. That no, I know I didn't cook it then. I know I didn't cook it because it tasted good for me to cook. Woo! And got some hot sauce. Woo! <laughs> Are y'all fine? trusting the Lord wholeheartedly? Now, all the attributes that David described in this text shows that the Lord is worthy to be praised, boasted on, expressed admiration and glory, and blessed. Someone, As we trust the Lord and give him praise, there will come a day when we have to deal with future issues. We talked about this earlier. Our confidence in the Lord will save us, give us victory, deliver us from all from our enemies. And again, enemies in this text means violence, wrong, cruelty, and injustice. God will do what he said he's going to do. And you know what you can go by? He delivered you from all your enemies. Y'all remember, he, you remember he, David said, hey, he delivered from all my enemies. And even the hand of Saul. David can go back, hey, I got another enemy to fight. But he got something he can go back on now. Oh, yeah, I remember, God, you paid that debt off. Yeah, I remember you healed me of that sickness, God. I remember when you put a rope over my head, God. I remember when you uh, gave me uh, that food to eat when everything was going good, God. I remember that when I didn't have nothing to eat and you provided for me, God. I remember everything you did. So when I look at my future, I see what God has already done. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If he did it then, if he do it today, he will do it again. He's a good God. He is a good God. As we continue to study and receive and apply the written and revealed word of God, the Lord will show us bona fide, more bona fide, more authentic reasons to trust him wholeheartedly. Just don't stop with these. Let the Holy Spirit rehearse in your mind all the all reasons why you trust him. Why you trust him. Don't, don't, don't let this message stop when I get ready to say Amen. But let this message continue to resonate in your mind. Walking down the street. If your car cranked, you ought to say thank you. You ought to say thank you. If you you can fill your tank up, you ought to say thank you. If you can put $2 in there to get you to point A to point B, you ought to tell them thank you. If you can go to the store and get you a pack of crackers, you ought to tell them thank you. If you can buy a steak, you ought to tell them thank you. If you wake up and you you can move around and you ain't got no ace in your pain, you ought to tell them thank you. If you're hurting your body, but just the fact you woke up, you ought to tell them thank you. God, God is good and he's worthy to be praised. Authentic reasons to trust the Lord. Authentic bona fide reasons to trust the Lord. And I want to end with this. Like we talked about earlier, don't let this message stop because I'm going to say amen. Every day, every day, look at your family and tell them thank you. You got some type of account Large, medium, small. Tell them thank you. You got a career. Tell them thank you. Don't let it. You got a relationship with Jesus. Like David. And you found reasons to trust him. Don't let this message stop. Because I said amen. Amen. Stand to your feet.
Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.